You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Let's just pray this morning as we get into the Word. Father, we thank you once again. What an honor, what a privilege to bring your Word and to be together in your presence this morning. Ah, Lord God, I pray for each and every one that will listen to me this morning. Let them not hear me, let them hear you. Let them hear your voice. Use my vocal cord to speak to your people. And Lord God, let it not just be words, but Lord, let it be life. Let it, let it be healing. Lord God, let it be deliverance. Let it be transformation. Oh God, words that will heal, words that will refresh, words that will restore, words that will establish, words, oh Father God, that will transform. Oh God, I thank you. Holy Spirit, do your work. Glorify Jesus in every life under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Yes, we've been talking about what have we been dealing with? Do you want to be made whole? Will thou be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? How many people are being made whole? Yes, you're being made whole. I know you want to be made whole. Want to be made whole. God is able to save to the uttermost. He's able to save you completely. He's able to heal you completely. He's able to restore you completely. He's able to make you whole. No sickness, there are different. There are several um, types of sickness or dimensions of sickness. Let me put it that way. There are several dimensions of sickness. There is spiritual sickness. Okay? There is spiritual sickness. A spiritual sickness is when, 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 when demons possess people. They, they, when demons possess the spirit of someone, they, they are spiritually sick. People that are not born again are spiritually sick. They don't know it, but they are spiritually sick, dead and sick. But then there is the sickness of the soul. And that's what we've been dealing with. The sickness of the soul is a terrible thing. You can dress well, look good, sound good, look confident and be so sick that you can't help yourself you can't help yourself your emotions can take a better part of you the enemy can manipulate your emotions the enemy can paralyze you he can uh, if you allow him he will exploit every opportunity he's an opportunist he looks for opportunities not everyone that the enemy can just attack. There's not, it's not everyone that the enemy can just come and, you know, just grab them and try to, you know, destroy them. It, it, it's not like that. There are laws, there are principles that govern how things work in the realm of the spirit. Okay. So many people think, oh, well, you know, I better be careful. The devil will just come, you know, what if he comes now and then he just... No, destroys me. No. You don't need to be scared. If he could just destroy everyone, he would not be seeking, going about like a roaring lion, looking for whom he may devour. He wouldn't be looking. He just grabbed the next person. He just needs to turn and he'll see someone and grab that person. But it doesn't work like that. There are laws, there are principles in the spirit. And he looks for those opportunities. He looks for legal grounds upon which to launch his attack. So he is a good researcher. He researches you. 
he researches and he looks for opportunities that he can exploit. <laughs> I don't know if that's a place to say amen, though. <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. So let's look at John chapter 5. Start from there, our text. From verse 1 of John chapter 5, it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people. Come on. There is always a great multitude of sick people. Actually, people that are sick in their souls are more than those who are sick physically. Yeah. But just that we don't know. We don't know how sick people are. There are some people that have been sick all their life. Some have been sick from the womb. They've been sick from the womb. I'm talking about emotionally, not just physically. I know, yeah, people can be sick from the womb physically. But I want you to know that people can also be sick soulishly from the womb. Yeah. So we're, we're told, uh, psychologists tell us that if a woman is pregnant and she doesn't like that baby, it wounds the soul of that baby. Yeah, the baby begins to suffer right in the womb before coming out. Imagine that. That's why if you're pregnant, you need to be careful. Careful, be careful what you do, what you say. And, and uh, if you feel that 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 baby is the worst thing that has happened to you. No matter the circumstances. If you are not careful, you can wound that child right from the womb before the child comes out. So the child now comes out wounded. So there is a lot of soul sickness around. I'm telling you, there is. We, we, we don't understand. We don't know. We have no idea of how sick people are. But I'm telling you, people are sick. Okay, that phone can be put into the offering. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So there, by the pool of Bethesda, Bible says, in there lay a great multitude of sick people. Sick people lay there. These are physically sick people. All right? Blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. So people that are sick are looking for a way out. Sickness is not a good thing. Okay, disease is not okay. You are not created for diseases. Did you know that? You were not created for that. You were, you were created in God's image after his likeness. And God does not have sickness. God does not have diseases. So you were not created like that. Your body was not created for sickness. Your soul was not created for sickness. It's created for wholeness. Soundness. You need to have a sound mind. Your mind is supposed to be sound. Your soul is supposed to be whole. If there is any sickness in your soul, I speak healing right now. That the Lord will heal you deep down. That the word of the Lord will go into your soul and effect a healing and a cure. 
for whatever condition you have been carrying. It doesn't matter where it came from. It doesn't matter how it came about. Whether you deserve it or not, you can be healed. Amen. Amen. So these people were there by the pool of Bethesda. You know, and they are there waiting, waiting for the, for the moving of the waters. Because an angel would come and stir up the waters. And anyone that stepped in, that the first person to get in got healed. Okay? But now we thank God because of Jesus. We all have access to the healing power of God. You don't need to wait for the stirring of the waters. You don't need to wait for an angel. Come on. Although if angels come, they are welcome. Yes? Yeah. They are ministering spirits that are sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation. So we welcome the ministry of angels. I don't know about you. I always expect the ministry of angels in my life. I always welcome the ministry of angels. I enjoy the ministry of angels because they are so real. Several times they've saved my life. Amen. Several times. Saved me from being knocked down by a vehicle. Lifted me off that place in Cavendish Square in Cape Town. When that car was about to hit me and I shouted, Jesus, and pooh, I was lifted off that place. Hallelujah. So the ministry of angels is real. It's real. So we're not against the ministry of angels, but I'm not limited. God is not limited in his operations. Okay? Angels are one of the ways that he ministers, but it's not the only way he ministers. So these people were so restricted in their understanding, and nobody taught them how to receive and contact the power of God. So they were just waiting for that stirring of the water. Say, oh, I, don't, I, I wonder how it used to happen. Is there an announcement? Is there? What happens? Does the angel, is there a wind that blows? I, I don't know. The Bible is silent about that. And I want to believe that there are probably different ways. Oh, is it a particular one, particular way? We don't know. But the good news is that there was a certain man Yes, this man was there. He had an infirmity, 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? And that's the question I'm asking. That's the question we are asking in this series. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? It's what you want. It's what you want. God, God might desire something else for you, but if you don't want what God wants for you, God is not going to impose what He wants on you. So Jesus asked the man a question, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed and walked. And that day was a Sabbath day. Immediately. Come on, not tomorrow. Not next week. Immediately. Immediately. That's what happens when you come in contact with Jesus. There are things that happen immediately. Immediately. So I'm trusting God that somebody will be made whole immediately. Somebody's soul will be healed immediately. I'm believing God today that somebody watching online will be made whole immediately. And you'll be healed from 
emotional paralysis. Be healed from mental paralysis. In the name of Jesus, be healed from every kind of infirmity. Infirmities of the soul, infirmities of the mind, infirmities of your memories, infirmities of your imaginations. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Soul illnesses are real. They're real. Psychologists are trying so hard, but they're so limited. They're so limited because there are certain aspects that, that require supernatural interventions. And so if something requires inter supernatural intervention, how many people know that therapy is not going to solve that? Yeah. If it needs an anointing, okay? If it needs an anointing, therapy can be good. Therapy can soothe, can help you, um, and give you certain tools that you can use, but then there is a limitation. There is a limitation. It gets to a point where when you see that therapy has stopped here, then you need to bring God's Word into it. Then you need the anointing. Hallelujah. So God uses different ways. And, you know, when I look at this, I, I, I understand God's mercy and His love for us. Because if God were to move and, and insist on just one way for us to get help, then we'd be in trouble. Then we'd be in trouble because if you're not able to meet the conditions of that particular way, then you're finished. Okay? So, do you know that it is God's will Actually, let me put it this way. It is not God's will for us to be sick. Okay? So once you fall sick, you, what you are experiencing is not God's will. All right? So now, sickness is not God's will. Um, but, you know, by faith, by faith, you can deal with sickness. But now God understands and He sees that we are not all strong in faith. We don't all understand the principles and the dynamics of faith. And we all have not mastered how to appropriate our faith. So what does he do in his mercy? He now invented medicine. Okay? Yeah. Then he now gave, he now gave scientists knowledge and understanding of the human body. He gave them understanding of the human body and then showed them ways that they can attend to people to help them in their conditions even though they have no faith. Can you see the mercy of God? The Bible says every good and perfect gift is from above. It's from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So some people, um, some people believe that if you take, if you take medicine, then you have, you have sinned. <laughs> there was a time like that. Yeah, there was a time like that. In, 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 in church history, there was a time like that. Okay. Like in the days of the great healing, um, healing revival, with uh, men like Alexander Dowie. Alexander Dowie, he would, uh, he would move in such great power. He moved so powerfully in the gifts of healing and miracles. And he even started a city called Zion, Illinois, in, in Chicago. And, but this man, in that city, you're not, you're not allowed to take medicine. You must believe God and be healed. Come on, how many people would like to live in that city? <laughs> yeah. So when, you, when, when, when you're going, doing repentance, you say, oh, uh, please pray for me. I took uh, Panado. <laughs> yeah, think about that. But there was a time like that. There was a time like that. 
And even for me growing up, you know, I grew up in a, in a, in a, in a, in a Pentecostal environment. Old-time Pentecostal. So those days, they used to, they used to suspend people, members who, who went to the doctor. Yeah, they would suspend you. You, you would be disciplined, church discipline. You didn't trust God. Kataposta. <laughs> oh, you guys, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the point I'm trying to make is that God understands our weaknesses. He understands, he understands our imperfections. So he accommodates that. Yeah, it's a good place to thank Jesus. He understands that. So he understands that the ideal is to walk supernaturally, but he also knows that many times we're not able to. So what did he do? He introduced a natural way of addressing our conditions physically. So that's how come we have doctors. Okay? All the breakthroughs. They, they didn't come from man. They came from God. I'm telling you. Yeah, they came from God. Now, the same applies to psychology. Okay? Although psychology, it has its own, there's the dark side as well. Just like in medicine, there's a dark side. In science, there's a dark side. All right? In everything, really. Everything of man has corruption in it. Do you understand? In politics, there's corruption. In, 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 in business, there's corruption. Come on. Even in church, there's corruption. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's nowhere that there's man in this fallen world that there's no corruption. So in every industry, there is corruption because we're living in a fallen world. Are you getting me? Yeah, so understand that. And that's why you need to be wise in how you, you, um, how you assimilate things from the systems of this world. You need to be, you need to be, um, you need to be uh, discerning Okay? He that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no one. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Is that not so? He says, we have the mind of Christ. So that mind of Christ is what enables us to rightfully distinguish between right and wrong, good and evil. And you don't just leave your mind like that and receive everything that is being that is being uh, meted out, whether it's through the media or through whatever source. You don't, you don't do that. You need to have some responsibility, please, for your own good, for the good of your soul. You need to exercise some responsibility. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, um, let's look at that scripture. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Where is it again? Uh, maybe we can read it in the Amplified. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where he says that um, he that is spiritual, yeah, verse 15, 1 Corinthians 2.15, he says, But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. I want us to read it in the Amplified. Let's read in the Amplified. Um, and see how the Amplified puts it. He says, But the spiritual man, the spiritually matured Christian, judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what, what the Holy Spirit revealed, yet is himself judged by no one. The unbelievers cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. Can you see? So, if you are going to keep your soul healthy at all times, you need to take heed to what this scripture is saying. 
Okay? So when, you, when things come, you need to be able, you need the ability to question. Ask questions. Why? Okay? Okay. Where is the source of this information? And when you get the source, ask yourself, who funded this research? Hello? Yeah, who funded the research? Because it is interesting that every, every research somehow tends to agree with the sponsor. Somehow, somehow, I don't know. Somebody, maybe someone can help me. I'm not that educated. <laughs> help me to understand. So you need to ask yourself those kind of questions. If they come up now and they say, you know, spanking is not good for children. Who came up with that research? Who did that research? Who came up? How was that proven? Question. Ask questions. Okay? It's spiritual to ask questions. Don't your neighbor say it's spiritual to ask questions? Yeah. It's spiritual to ask questions. You know, I remember how they've been trying so hard to find the gay gene. They're still researching. Yeah, they're researching. They want to know that, that, that there's a gene that makes people gay. Where is it? But some people are funding that research. As we see, that research is going on. Come on. But I want you to know that many things are engineered by hell to wound the soul of nations. To wound the soul of nations. Because if they can get you to, to accept a sinful lifestyle, then you are permanently in a state of spiritual <laughs> You know, disease. Yeah. So that's what the enemy is trying to do. So it's okay to question. Okay? He that is spiritual, a spiritually mature Christian, questions. Ask questions. Don't just gulp everything. Ask questions. Okay? Then examine things. You need to examine them. Don't be mentally lazy. Examine what goes into your soul. Is it healthy for you? Is it okay for you? You need to examine that. And you need to analyze things. Glory to God. Yeah. So, why am I saying this? The enemy is busy releasing. That's why he loves the media so much. Okay? He uses the media. Why? Why does he lo love the media? Because it has the capacity to, to uh, affect masses of people at the same time. At the same time. So if one lie is fed through the, this, this medium to the entire nation, everybody starts believing it. The communist said, the, uh, I think it was Karl Marx that said, tell a lie long enough and people will believe it. Just keep saying, communism is good, communism is good, communism is good, communism, communism is good. Then people start believing it to be true. But not knowing the impact it is having on the souls of men. My people, let's be wise. Okay? Let's be spiritual. Okay? So if anybody does not want to be questioned, let me tell you something about the truth. Truth does not mind being examined. Truth does not mind being questioned. Truth does not mind being investigated. 
Doesn't mind. If it is the truth. But when I'm not allowed to ask you a question, why you are thinking the way you are thinking about that person or about that thing, or even about yourself, if I'm not allowed to question you, then something has gone wrong. Yeah? Why? Because the enemy's target is your soul. That is his target. His target is your soul. So, one of the things, remember, God made us in his image after his likeness. So, image is important. Okay? Image is important. So, the enemy tries to use every possible means to create his own image and to feed you with his own image. Whatever image he has fabricated. So he wants to, he wants to feed us with that image. So the moment you start receiving that image from the enemy, guess what? That image starts affecting your decisions. Yeah. It affects your decisions. It affects your decisions. And then your decisions now begin to affect the destination of your life. That's why the enemy focuses a lot on giving you certain kind of pictures in your mind. He can give you, he give you a picture about God that is wrong. He did that to Eve in the garden. Has God said, you, should, you, must, you must not eat from every um, uh, tree in this garden? Eve says, no, we can eat of everyone, but the one in the middle, the, the tree, we, we, we are not supposed to eat it. And he says, God knows that the day you eat it, your eyes will open. What, she, what, she, what, what was he doing to Eve there? He was giving her a different image of God than the image she knows of God. So in other words, God is, God is trying to deprive you of something. He doesn't want your eyes open. That's why he said, don't eat it. <laughs> so, let's turn there. Genesis chapter 3. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Are you learning something? Yeah. Look at verse 4. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Come on. This... What? What, is, what are you saying? God is lying to you. You will not surely die. He says, he says, you will not surely die. He says, for God knows that in the day that you eat, you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, my question is this. Were they not already like God? They were already like God. They were already made in God's image after his likeness. As God was in heaven, Adam was on the earth. Yeah. Adam was the God of this world. So they were already like God. But what is he doing? He is introducing another image. Okay? He's trying to distort their image. And that's, he's still doing the same thing today. And he'll use every available means to do that, to achieve that. So he can use people's words. He can use the media. He can use music. He can use anything possible. He can use your dreams. He can use anything to give you an image that God didn't give you. Why? He's targeting the soul. <laughs> He's after the soul. 
You know, the devil trades. He's a trader. If you read Ezekiel 28, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, part of his merchandise is the souls of men. That's what he transacts with. He transacts with souls. That's what he uses to bargain. You want to be rich? Yes. You can be rich. Give me your soul. Huh? You want to be great? You want to be famous? Yeah. I can make you famous. Hmm? I can make you famous. You'll be the most powerful, the most famous person. I can give that to you. But give me your soul. Come on. Yeah. You want power? You want to be, you want to be powerful? You want to rule? Okay. Yeah. I can make you the next president. Give me your soul. Yeah, that's, that's the bottom line. Everything he's doing is about your soul. <laughs> yeah. So, he says to her that you will not surely die. He says that God knows that the day you eat it, your eyes will open and you will know. The difference between good and evil. <laughs> God, was God, was it, is it that God was hiding something from them? No. But God wanted to be the one to teach them. Do you understand? God did not want them to learn by experience. How many people want to learn by experience that HIV is not good? Come on, you want, to, you, want, you want to learn by experience that cancer is not good. I mean, you just, you just want to feel it and experience it so that you will know the difference between good health and bad health. You see, that's what he was presenting to her. So, a lot of times the enemy messes up with our minds. He messes up with our imaginations. He messes up with our emotions. So that he can bring us to a place where we'll make wrong decisions. That's what it's about. Because he knows if you make the wrong decision, there are consequences that come with every decision. And once you've made the decision, you have no control over the consequences. You can't control the consequences of your decision. How do you control that? If Eve could control the consequence of her decision, she would have done it. But she... Once you, make, once you do that, that, it's out of your hands. And now certain laws kick in. <laughs> you see? So he says, he says uh, verse 6 says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes. Can you see? What he sowed in her was now producing certain feelings. She, it was helping to interpret what she was looking at. He said it was good for food. God, what God says is not good. You, when the enemy finishes with you, you will say it's good. The Bible says, Woe to them that call good evil and evil good. What is the enemy doing today? He's trying to legislate evil and call evil good. Why? He wants to leave us as a nation in a permanent state of spiritual death. And she saw, you know, she saw that it was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes. You know, it, it looked good. It's attractive. Come on. This is God's creation. It looks beautiful. How can you say that such a beautiful thing is wrong? You, you, you don't understand. Oh, this, this is so nice. It looks good to the eyes. Hmm? That's what happens. But it's leading somewhere. It's leading somewhere. If at that time that she saw that, she just snapped out of that and said, hey, what am I doing here? It would have been a different story. But she flowed along. Wow. She started salivating. 
at what God says is not good. And her imagination was going crazy. The devil was giving her visions of great things, of how powerful she would look. You see how God, when God comes, you see how powerful he is? When you eat this, you even be more powerful than God. Ooh, wow. It's going to make me wise. <laughs> I am telling you, the devil is still the same old devil. Same tricks. Hmm? She saw that it was desirable to make one wise. Then she took of its fruit and ate it and gave to her husband. Who ate it. Dummy at them. What? Why couldn't you just say no? <laughs> but Adam was so in love. <laughs> and, and Eve says, Adam, if you don't eat this, it's over between us. <laughs> it's over between us. If you really love me, Adam, you'll eat this. Why? Because she has eaten it. Now, Satan has gotten in. Okay? Now she's inspired. She's inspired to speak to Adam in a way that will make him to do what God said he shouldn't do. And that's it. Adam ate it and look at where we are. <laughs> Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. So that's why the enemy, why did I go into all of this? To show you that the enemy has images that he uses, okay, to, to craft the future that he has for people. And then he projects them. He uses every available means, okay? So you can just sit down there and you start, you start thinking a thought, and you think it's your thought. You start thinking, you know, I'm just so useless. I'm good for nothing. And you start telling yourself, I mean, look at me. And then you start comparing yourself. You look at another person, then you look at yourself and you say, there's no hope for me. But you don't realize that that thought is the enemy that is speaking to you. But he changes the, <laughs> he, he frames it in a way that you think is you thinking. But it's Satan speaking. Then you take it in. You start thinking about it. And it's always a nagging thought. It comes. You put it off. Then it comes again. You put it off. It comes again. You put it off. It comes again. You put it off. It comes again. And before you know it, once you take it in, once you accommodate it in your heart, it starts working. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. My Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll read from verse 4. Okay? God is good. You are going to be free from every satanic manifestation, maneuver, strategy, lies, images. Whatever he has planted in you is going to be aborted in the name of Jesus. Look at what it says. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Okay? Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing every what? Thought. Into captivity. So, some soul wounds, some soul illnesses come in the form of thoughts. So, he projects thoughts to you and you receive those thoughts and those thoughts start working against your soul. They start weakening you. They start um, 
um, sapping your energy and you don't feel like getting out of bed. You don't feel like talking anymore. You don't feel like talking to anybody. You just want to be alone. Now, there's nothing wrong with being alone, but in that, in that state, you don't want to be alone. Because that's, that's, that's the same thought that will be arguing in your mind with you. Okay, that thought is speaking to you and there's a whole conversation going on inside you telling you and convincing you of how useless and how life is finished for you and how you have no future. Meanwhile, Jeremiah 29, 11 is still there, but you won't remember it at that time. You won't remember all that will be before you is the vision that the enemy has played, has played over time. Those thoughts, and he starts giving you images, images, imaginations. Imaginations that are paralyzing, that will paralyze your potential. Imaginations that will hinder you from stepping out. The imaginations that will not allow you to take that step into what God wants you to do. Imaginations that will not allow you to start that business. Imaginations that will not allow you to start that connect group. Come on. Imaginations that will not allow you to step up to serve. Imaginations that will not allow you to do what you are supposed to do for your family. Imaginations. He fills you. He bombards your mind with those things. And then, you, you, you don't do anything. Meanwhile, God has given you weapons to deal with those things. He's giving you weapons. And if you don't use the weapons, God won't use the weapons for you. You need to use the weapons. Hallelujah. Okay. Yes, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. So, the weapons that God has given to us are for dealing with arguments. Another version says imaginations. There are imaginations that are planted by the enemy. In fact, let me tell you, your imagination is powerful. If you can imagine it, you can achieve it. There's nobody who has succeeded that did not, have, did not imagine himself succeeding. But I have news for you. There's nobody that has failed that has not imagined failure. Yeah. So for you to fail at something, you need to see it. You need to believe what you are seeing. And you need to embrace what you are seeing. So if you are going to fail in your relationship, it, 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 has, to, it has to be in your imagination. You have to see that this relationship is over. You have to see that it is dead. You have to see that there's no way out. Come on. Yeah. So if you are going to miss your direction, you have to have an image that leads you off the path that God has for you. Yeah. Imaginations are powerful. Go read Genesis chapter 6. God saw that Man's heart was continually evil and his imagination was continually evil. There was no hope. Man has embraced a, a picture that will never produce righteousness. So God wiped out the human race, sent a flood and killed everybody and kept only Noah and his family. Why? Imaginations. Imaginations. So Satan uses every available means. Learn to question. Why am I thinking like this about this? You need to think about your thinking. Are you following me? Why do you think what you think about yourself? <laughs> Why? Where is it from? Who told you? God asked Adam, who told you that you are naked? Who is telling you that you are naked? Who is telling you that you are not able? Who is telling you? Ask yourself, 
question, ask questions. Examine the source of that. Who is telling you that you are finished? Who is telling you that nobody can love you? Who? Who? Ask yourself that question. Examine the source of that. Ask. Who is telling you that everybody hates you? Who is telling you where did it come from? Ask yourself. So that's why I said last week, if your soul is not whole, it affects the way you respond to things. It affects the way you interpret things. It affects the way you hear. Jesus said, be careful how you hear. It, it affects the way, even as I'm talking, how you interpret what I'm saying. The state of your soul <laughs> will determine how you interpret what I'm saying. Somebody can walk out of this place offended. Or you can walk out inspired. It all depends. What is, how whole, how healthy is your soul. You need to begin to prioritize soul health. Amen? Speak to your soul. Say, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. He sent His word and His word healed them. You know, you, the, the word heals um, in in. in, in Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word and his word healed them and delivered from their trans, uh, destructions. It's not only physical healing that the word can heal. The word can heal your imagination. Maybe you have a fractured image and all your dreams are so shattered that you can't put them together again. It's like pieces of puzzle that, you know, some parts are missing. Let me tell you, God is able to bring everything back together. Hallelujah. He can bring it back together. Many conflicts that you, you experience in your, in your relationships, they are soul issues. But God is able to heal. He's able to heal your soul. He sent His Word. His Word healed them. I declare healing to your soul. I declare healing to your soul. Lord, heal the souls of your people in the name of Jesus. Maybe you have suffered rejection. Don't let it fracture your soul. Don't let it wound your soul. Receive healing right now. Maybe you have been wrongly accused. You have been wrongly accused. Don't allow that. Don't allow that. Don't allow that to change who you are. Don't allow anything to deform your personality. Don't allow the experiences of life to deform your personality. Receive healing. Receive wholeness right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare you free. I declare you whole. I declare you whole. I send the word, the word of healing. He sent his word, his word, and his word healed them. I, I declare the word of healing into your soul right now. The word of healing into your soul to heal every part of your soul, every part of your soul right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever the enemy has done to make you to begin to misinterpret things, your soul is so wounded that opportunities uh, have a different view to you. Oh Lord, I release your healing power. I release your healing power to your people right now. Heal every soul. Heal every soul. Restore every soul, oh God. Under the sound of my voice, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing to your soul. I speak healing to your heart. I speak healing. Lord my God, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel. Yes, to the poor. He has sent me to set the captives free and to bind the brokenhearted. I speak and I command every broken heart to be healed right now. Be healed in your heart. Be healed in your emotions. Be healed in your mind. Let mental issues be resolved right now in the name of Jesus. 
I break every power. I come against every oppression in your mind. I come against every oppression in your past, from your past. I come against every spirit that is using your past to paralyze you from entering into your future. Yeah, in the name of Jesus, I bind them right now. I bind them right now. I break them right now. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, heal your people. Be healing your spirit. Be healing your soul. Be healing your body. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Heal your people once again. Touch your people once again. My Lord and my God, restore, restore wholeness. Restore their vision. Restore, oh Father, their images. My God, in the name of Jesus, I come against every image of defeat. I crush them right now. Every image of failure, I crush right now. Every image of sickness, every image of infirmity that has been planted by the enemy that tells you you will never be healed that tells you you will never be free I come against that right now I break them I curse them right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus every image that the enemy has planted I command to be aborted I command to be aborted right now in the name of Jesus to be flushed out of your system to be flushed out of your system Thank you, Lord. I pull down every stronghold. I pull down every imagination. I pull down every argument. Every argument with your potential. Every argument with your destiny. Every argument. I pull them down. In the name of Jesus. Every argument with your ministry. I command to be pulled down. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Your horn shall be exalted like the horn of the unicorn. You shall be anointed with fresh oil. I declare exaltation for God's people. Exaltation for God's people. Let your horn be exalted. Let your horn be exalted. Let your horn be exalted in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I give you praise. I give you glory, Father God. I banish failure from this congregation. I banish failure. I banish defeat in the name of Jesus. I curse you, you spirits of defeat, you spirits of paralysis, mental paralysis, mental blindness, emotional paralysis, emotional blindness, emotional illnesses, mental illnesses. I curse you in the name of Jesus. I curse you in the name of Jesus. I speak death to you. Die right now. Die right now. Every seed of the enemy within you, I curse and I command to die in the name of Jesus. Receive life. Receive life. Receive visions from above. Receive visions from the Holy Spirit. Receive visions from the Word of God. I release you from every affliction. I release you from every captivity, every form of captivity. In your soul, be released. In the name of Jesus, I sanctify your imaginations. Your imaginations be sanctified right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I declare your people free. Free. If the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. I declare you free right now. Free. Be free from the past. Be free from condemnation. Be free. Be free from harsh criticisms. Be free. Be free from accusations of men.
Be free. Be free right now. Receive the love of God. Receive the grace of God. Receive a fresh anointing. Fresh flow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let dreams be restored. Let visions come alive again. Come alive again. Hallelujah. Let passions be restored. Let the zest for life be restored. Thank you, Lord. Come alive in the name of Jesus. I command every dry bone to come alive. Prophesy. Say, come alive. Let the wind of the Spirit bring life to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.